Hey everyone, welcome to the seventh episode of the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. You got your guy Matt Franchise here, right across from me, my buddy Matt Harmon. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. We're uh, professionals at this podcast game, so uh, episode seven now. I know, we made it. We're done. We should just quit now. This is this will be the final episode of the... No, that's a lie. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it, so let's just stop. Go out on top like Seinfeld? Yeah. Pretty All right. much. All right. Except we're not in prison, which is kind of a nice touch. Right. Right. Anyways, so what's up with you, man? Well, had a good week. Had a solid week. Uh, I actually made dinner last night for the first time in Whoa. seven years. You made dinner? I made dinner. For as long my, as I've known you, you always say that uh, your fiance is the one that yeah, uh, my, is, is, the, is the chef expert. And she's amazing. She's, she cooks pretty much every night, and she's a really good chef. But uh, she had to work late, and I said, you know what? Let me give this a whirl. So she gave me the recipe, and I can read. So hmm? <laughs> it was pretty simple. It was a what little, did you uh, make? It was a little roasted cauliflower with uh, oh. some seasoning. Yeah, cauliflower. I know. I know. I'm, I'm interested. I know you I'm like interested. that. So we roasted the cauliflower, and then we melted some goat cheese on there after it came out of the oven, and uh, some parsley, and then we mixed it with uh, ground turkey breast and rice, and had a nice little, uh, nice little bowl for dinner. Sounds like a pretty good lean dinner too. Yeah. Get the, uh, you know, not too much gains or anything. That's right. Not, that's nice. Try to eat clean, and I like it. It was, it was a success. I didn't, I didn't set the place on fire, and it tasted good. So. Well, so yeah, I mean, that is a good, pretty, pretty good benchmark for success. Nobody's dead. Yeah. Your place of residence is still intact. Yeah. Um, and it tasted pretty good. So, not bad. Yeah. Good job. Good, Thanks. Good, Thanks. Good work for you. Pound it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um. So What's yeah. up with you? Some, whipping up some Brussels, uh, working on some reception perception. Yeah, man, it's really it's Harmon season right now. This is uh, I'm I'm been I've been on a lot of pods um, over the last few days talking about the rookie wide receiver class. I was on the uh, Fantasy Authority podcast last night with Ben Cummins, Dynasty Frank, a bunch of other guys. Oh was, yeah, good it was, guys. It was a lot of fun, man. We Ben came up with this great game about like relating different parts of my brand to wide receivers. So like. <laughs> <laughs> like cauliflower is like this new up and coming niche vegetable. Who's like an who's a guy that's kind of flying under the radar but could be really good and people aren't expecting like. And I said Isaiah Ford. It was really fun. If you, nice. if, you if you listen to this podcast, go check out the Fantasy Authority podcast. That was fun. And then I'm on a few more uh, this week too. So it's like like I said, this is when people yeah. people want my takes right now, and uh, I'm just trying to give it to the give give them out. Just trying to give them out, man. Dude, everyone wants a piece of the hipsters. I was on a couple DLF Network That's podcasts, true. a DLF Dynasty, and a Bull Rush with Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell, and also Dynasty Frank. So I, I mean, listened, it's I listened to that Bull Rush episode. That was good. Yeah, we played a fun game that with like fun. hipster band names, and I tried to stump them like real name or fake name. So it's a uh, podcast tour season. I guess we're like just super serious because we don't play any games on this podcast. Nah. You know, football is serious business here with the hipsters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the mainstream yeah. thing is to try to have fun on a yeah, podcast. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we go contrarian on that, so. Well, all right, What's man. going on? We got to talk, uh, you know, we're sponsored by Champs. Yeah, let's get down to business. Yeah. We're sponsored by Champs Grooming Company. You guys know about them if you've been listening to the podcast. They're awesome. They make a ton of really incredible products, whether it's hair wax, beard balm. They've got a hair serum. They're, 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 they'll stock you up. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. And we actually have a really big announcement for our listeners. Right. Go ahead. Uh, if you use the promo code HIPSTERSPOD, you get 15% off your order. That's HIPSTERSPOD at checkout and 15% off. That's amazing. That's, That's very nice. generous of Duchamps. They're, they're doing giveaways. Now we got a promo code. I mean, great sponsor. Go check, go check them out, DoChampsGrooming.com. Dot co. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter. They need help with their uh, social following. So go support the guys who support the Fantasy Hipsters. Awesome. And uh, get yourself some grooming products. Yeah, so last week we talked about uh, doing a giveaway, uh, either a hair kit or a beard kit from Do Champs Grooming. Um, and we asked you guys to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Really thanks to everyone that did that. But we said that the person who rated and reviewed the podcast and also guessed a trivia question correct would win one of the hair or beard kits. And we have a winner. Uh, Pork Ford Rice and his review. I really enjoyed their mellow vibe, but also more so, I like that you can hear the love of football in their voices. 
I listen to every NFL.com podcast out there, but I find myself more excited for the next episode of this podcast more. Um, and his answer to the trivia question, which was correct, first one to get it right, Charlie is three years old. Boom. Yeah. That, that guy just won him a Duchamp's uh, bag uh, kit. Pretty sweet. So whoever uh, is Pork Ford Rice, email the show, fantasyhipsters at gmail.com. We will put you in touch with Duchamp's grooming for your uh, for your prize. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot more giveaways, a lot more stuff uh, with our sponsors. So just keep listening to the show, and we'll fill you guys in uh, as, as always. Awesome. Cool. So uh, before we jump into the news also, I just want to thank uh, Heather Pink for our great logo and That's also right. Ty Miller for our incredible music. Check out his band, Oakstone Ashes. Got a, a lot of people make the hipsters happen. You know, we're, 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 we're talking into the mics, but a lot of people uh, make, this, uh, make this show go behind it, the it, scenes. It takes a village, as they say. It does. Plus take. Charlie and Bruno here behind the glass again. All right. So you want to just jump into the news? All right, yeah, let's jump into it. The uh, I guess the number one thing we have here is that the NFL released its preseason schedule for the upcoming 2017 season, and Deadspin uh, had a witty headline saying that the NFL could use a nap. What does that even mean? Because there were, like, on Twitter, all the team's beat reporters were trying to, like, beat out the official NFL announcement oh, of right. the preseason schedule, and everyone was, like oh my god, this matchup in week one of the preseason is going to be awesome, and it could have, the Browns could have two potential first-round picks going up against this and that, and people are, like, just going way too ham on the preseason schedule. Just relax. I have literally zero takes on the preseason release schedule. Don't, could not care any less. Yeah, seriously. No no takes to offer. So let's move to the next uh, news item. This sure. one's pretty interesting. So ESPN's Adam Schefter, um, not sure if you've ever heard of him, kind of under the radar guy, uh, reports that Cleveland has not made up its mind with the number one overall pick and some Browns executives like defensive end Miles Garrett, while others prefer quarterback Mitchell Trubisky of North Carolina. This is interesting, uh, to me at least, because obviously for months and months and months, the presumption has been uh, that Miles Garrett will be the number one overall pick, you know, defensive end out of Texas. Yep. Um, but, you know, you've also heard rumblings that Hugh Jackson likes Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and so you would think, like inherently you think that's what the factions are here, that so a lot of the executives, the analytics guys are like, hey, let's let's go with, uh, this defensive end who's got great athleticism and all that. Um, and then, you know, but Hugh Jackson wants to get his quarterback. Yeah. I get that. Um, do you think there's any possible way that Garrett is not the player called at number one overall when we are drafting in just a few weeks now? I think if the Browns don't take him at number one, they will be ridiculed Yeah, by the fan base, by critics. I mean, you gotta. You have the first pick. You gotta take the best guy on the board. Mm -hmm. Why? Like, why would you go elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if there was a, a better quarterback prospect, I would totally be. Yeah. Um. That that that's the way they should go. But with with uh, with it being Trubisky too, like of all these quarterbacks, he's to me feels like uh, the one I'm like least inspired by too. I mean, I kind of like. Deshaun Watson as a gamer. Mm -hmm. um, Patrick Mahomes has all the tools, um, but Trubisky's had one year as a starter. You know, could he didn't even beat out Marcus Williams or whatever last year? You know, there's a lot of just questions there. To, to me, I think you take Garrett and then you try to figure out the quarterback spot uh, with the 12th overall pick. Or you have all those ammo. You have all this ammo from all these extra picks you have. Maybe you move up even like you know you trade up to the fifth spot or something and try to you know the browns have done deals with the titans before maybe they move up to that fifth overall pick and then try to take a quarterback i don't know but to me i think you just take garrett and then you'd be done with it and then and then hang on to brock osweiler no <laughs> no i almost forgot when you said brock i was like oh yeah that's right he is on the team still <laughs> Yeah, no. that was a joke. That's not a thing that needs to happen. All right, well, that's interesting. We'll see. Uh, about two weeks till the draft. So Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost here. It's creeping up. Yeah, man. All right, our next news item, uh, there was a positive report out of Tampa Bay that Doug Martin's recovery uh, and status for off-season workouts is, is well. He's, he's on pace to participate in off-season workouts. He was sus I think he was suspended at the end of last year for mm. substance mm -hmm. abuse. And I think he suspended the first uh, three games of this year, too. Oh, I did, right. not, I did not know that. Because he, he, he has a four-game suspension, um, so I think he will have to, uh, he, which voided the guaranteed money on his contract. Um, 
But I don't know. I believe he will start off suspended in this year too. Well, so that stinks. That's gonna. No one's gonna want him in fantasy if that's the case. I think the Bucks need to make a move at running back in the draft. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about on our rookie board how many high-end running back prospects there are this year, and just the depth of the class. Well, a couple of you got you. You were telling me before we started, you got a couple of sleepers to unveil today. Oh yeah. Um, Maybe maybe they make a move at running back in the draft. I would imagine so. I also, I mean, I like Charles Sims for who he is, but I think you maybe need a more traditional running back there as well. Uh, so I, I'm I'm pretty convinced they go running back in the draft. And Doug Martin, honestly, you know, sure, maybe he's completed his uh, his uh, rehabilitation program that he put himself in. Um, maybe he has recovered from an injury. But to me, I think that he there he's in danger of not even being on the roster in week one, if if you ask me. Yep, and he's 28 now, so he's getting up there in terms of age for a running back, and we might have seen the best of Doug Martin. Yeah, not to mention, like, he uh, he's always, like, on one year, off the next. Yeah, he's not consistent. No. He's injured a lot, so. Over it. Over it. All right, next uh, topic. Apparently, there was a report, I think, uh, via Colts.com, that uh, their running back, Robert Turbin, might have a bigger role this year. Um, Why? Can I can I ask? He, I mean, why? he he became pretty much a touchdown vulture at the end of last year. I think he finished the year with like seven touchdowns or something. Yeah, he was he was definitely a goal line running back. Yeah, and that might be saying a lot. Uh, you know, maybe Frank Gore is wearing down or was wearing down at the end of the season. Finally, the guy's a hundred years old. Um, I think he's going to come into the season as the starter. You know, pending who they pending what they do in the draft. Uh, but I can see. Robert Turbin having a bigger role, more of maybe a split workload with Frank Gore or another rookie in there. Um, I mean, Turbin has experience playing behind Marshawn Lynch in Seattle. Yeah, uh, to me, this feels like a typical April storyline before the draft that, insert name here, veteran, is going to have a bigger role, and then it literally does not happen at all. Uh, <laughs> to me, I would expect them to make – another team I expect to pick from this deep running back class yeah. another option, especially somebody that can maybe offer a little bit more explosiveness. I, I've said here and on other podcasts that I think the that's an ideal landing spot for Christian McCaffrey. Now at this point, I don't even know if he's going to make it to their pick. I mean, people are mocking Christian McCaffrey to the Panthers at eighth overall, which – that's a topic for uh, another time. Uh, that's that's a lot of feelings uh, would would come out of that one. Wow. Um, but you know, always trying to start the feelings feelings podcast. But yeah, to me, this feels like just typical April storyline that we shouldn't even bother with. All right, let's move on then. All right. Well, this uh, this comes in Laquan Treadwell in year two. Uh, Mike Zimmer expects more. Uh, no kidding. He had a catch yeah, last year. The bar is uh, the bar is I, low. I would imagine uh, for more. I would imagine that they would like to expect more than a catch. Yeah, uh, you tweet. I saw you tweet out a video. I don't know if maybe you were watching another wide receiver, but oh yeah, I was. So, did, were you doing some reception perception or just looking at Treadwell's film from last year? I was not looking at Treadwell's film because there's not uh-huh. much to look at. But but right. what I was doing was I was charting Stefan Diggs and I actually put a graphic out about Diggs and how his success rate versus coverage in his year one and year two has related to the NFL average and how he's progressed a little bit from year one to year two. But while I was charting digs, I, I, I noticed to be one Treadwell catch and was like, well, at least it was on a nice little dig route there Got that it. he ran. Um, but yeah, just, so I just watched, I just watched uh, Stefan Diggs, And I think that brings us to a point here about Treadwell for one. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people have asked me on this recent podcast tour that I've been on, like, "What do you expect from Treadwell?" You know, you liked Treadwell coming into last year. Reception perception showed pretty well for him, and that is true. But to like to, at this point, after a one catch rookie year in a in a situation where there should have been some opportunity, yeah. I, I just don't know how you can really say anything with certainty at this point about Laquan Treadwell. Like, all bets are off at this point, and we need to just kind of expect anything, like. But that also brings me to to my next point, too, that I don't really think there's a lot of opportunity in Minnesota anymore because Stefan Diggs, to me, is a future superstar. Mm -hmm. I love Diggs, and we're actually going to talk about him later in this podcast in the questions section. Cool. Teaser. Um, But I I think Diggs has not put it together completely statistically yet. You know, they moved him around a little bit last year, but 
in games where he was like an actual outside receiver for the most part, I mean, think about that week two game against the Packers, his week one game against the Titans. Um, when he was 100% healthy last year, he was awesome. Yeah. And his reception perception is fantastic. Like I said, future superstar. Then you see Adam Thielen kind of start to emerge at the end of last year. And I think that was a legitimate, you know, breakthrough moment for his career. So at this point, we're looking at like maybe Treadwell is their primary X receiver while they move. Diggs kind of into a flanker slot role, and then uh, Thielen is the number two receiver on the outside, and it's just not a lot of opportunity there for Treadwell to be more than like a tertiary number three receiver. Yeah. So. All right. The the one optimistic thing you can say about Treadwell's is young is young. He, he, he's young, so. There's still hope yeah. for dynasty owners. I don't know. Maybe not though. <laughs> there might not be hope. It's pretty. Is it you know, like I said, you can't really get a worse start than that. Mm-hmm. Well. All right, that's sad, but let's move on. Sure. Next up, uh, this just came out today, Wednesday morning. Apparently, the 49ers are talking about parting ways with Carlos Hyde because of uh, durability issues. This was a report uh, from draftanalyst.com. I mean, yeah, he's always banged up. I think he's missed 14 games in the last couple seasons. Mm -hmm. and he's a talented back, but he's not a great pass catcher. And then he kind of was plagued by the whole Chip Kelly thing last year. Uh, he was still like an RB2 in fantasy, but... Yeah, so the report is that it, I mean, it comes in from, from Tony Pauline, who has been a longtime NFL draft analyst, one of the best, most respected voices in the, uh, in the, in the draft media world. Um, Sources, he says that sources with knowledge of the situation tell me that the San Francisco 49ers are very high on Fournette and are considering, seriously considering, using the second pick in the draft to acquire him. Wow. The new front office wants a bigger back to run the offense, and they're ready to give up on Carlos Hyde, who has had his struggles staying healthy since being drafted by the franchise in 2014. Mm-hmm. So this is there's a couple of ways we can take this story. One, I think that... You know, we always have to be careful what we hear this time of year. Yeah. Um, A lot of it can be smoke screens. It it can very well be smoke screens. Like April in general is just a month to kind of ignore the news. So we can can kind of say that. Yeah, right. As we're talking about news. But I think this is a little interesting. If, If Pauline is really hearing that the 49ers front office is just not interested in Carlos Hyde, that's, I mean, that's quite a report. And if they, I mean, I don't, I, the thing, the thing about the report that I don't believe is that they, I do not believe they will take Leonard Fournette second overall. That would be surprising. I was going to say, would, wouldn't you be shocked if that happened? I would be shocked yeah, if that too. happens. Not only because I, I think it would be crazy to use the second overall pick on a running back anyways, but yeah. I actually don't even think that Fournette would be that good of a fit in Kyle Shanahan's zone based running scheme. Right. And so I don't think that part happens. But the interesting part is that, is this new front office led by John Lynch not interested in, in Carlos Hyde as a as a starter? That would be pretty big news because people still like Carlos Hyde an awful lot. You know, I think everybody kind of thinks he's talented. Like, what do you think of Carlos Hyde? I think he's a very talented back. I mean, yeah, he's not great as a pass catcher, but he runs like he runs violently, and he's a tough runner, and he's a he can, he's a power runner, and he's a good goal line back. Yeah, he's had some pretty outrageous moments. Like I think a yeah. lot of a lot of people can remember that uh, that week one game of 2015 against, against the, Vikings. the Vikings was just I mean dominant. He was spinning and sprinting and hurdling and yeah, and he had his moments last year for sure in a in another like run heavy offense, but obviously has not managed to stay healthy. And yeah, I wonder at this point if the 49ers are just like let's get our own guy. Also think about it, Kyle Shanahan has consistently surprised with his backfields. Go back to Washington with Alfred Morris coming out of nowhere. Yep. Last the year his first year in Atlanta, you know, they they picked Tevin Coleman in the third round and then it was Devonta and everybody's like, well Devonta Freeman was a pick from the last regime. He's right. not a Kyle Shanahan guy. Then Devonta Freeman was Huge like the R B one in yep. fantasy football that year. So uh, I think we should we should not pencil anything in with the 49ers backfield. And I think a lot of people are ready to pencil in Carlos Hyde as a potential breakout player in this scheme, but it could very well uh, week four in the NFL season, we could be looking at some complete rando starting at running back for the 49ers. Crazy. Yeah. Well, do we want to go ahead and just right. move into our uh, tier th- third and final tier of our rookie big board? Let's do it, man. Let's wrap this up. So let's recap. We have um, on our first our first big board, if you hadn't weren't paying attention, 
we started off with Corey Davis, O.J. Howard, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, John Ross, David Njoku, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Evan Ingram, and Carlos Henderson. Right. That was uh, round one. And then our from and then our second day, you know, thirteen to twenty-four, we Part had two. Bucky Hodges, tight end, pass catcher, Deonta Foreman, I guess. Taewon, Stop with the Deonta Foreman t- hate. Taewon Taylor, Samaje P. Ryan, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Ford, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jeremy McNichols, Alvin Kamara, Josh Reynolds, Marlon Mack, and Zay Jones at twenty-four. So we're picking up at twenty-five. Who's your running back that you'd like to highlight here for me to shoot down? Uh, I, I'm going to make a case for you to not shoot him down because I just last night was watching his tape and I fell in love with this guy. His name is Aaron Jones. Okay. Tell uh, me why I should like Aaron he's Jones. He's at a University of Texas El Paso. UTEP. Right, so, UTEP. He's a five foot nine, 208 pound running back. Uh, he... His his impressive combine testing, he uh, finished in the 93rd percentile percentile in the broad jump, 127 inches, 84th percentile in the vertical, and uh, 86th percentile in the three-cone drill. So if you go look at his mock draftable web, he is just, that part of it is just like all the highest percentiles you can get. His college dominator percentile on uh, playerprofiler.com. Now, the college dominator um, is the percentage of a running back's total team yards plus touchdowns in college. A 40% mark is considered excellent. Uh, His mark was, he's in the 95th percentile, so he's much higher than that 40% rate. Um, He had burst and agility scores on player profile of 87 and 85%. He had four 200-yard rushing games last year, uh, had 300 rushing yards in one of those games, 229 rushes, 1,773 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns, 28 receptions, three receiving touchdowns. He's a smaller back with tenacity. This dude runs crazy. Mm. Uh, He's putting linebackers on skates from the line of scrimmage. Uh, He had this insane fake cut to the left. He went right. The defense... The entire defense bit on it, and he ran for like a 40-yard touchdown. I mean, this guy's tape. Now, if you go to draftbreakdown.com, which is where all the the film that I'm watching is, is there's only one game of Aaron uh, Aaron Jones from 2016, and it's against Texas in the run I just described. And his film is the stuff our, that dreams are made of, dude. He was Dr- literal dreams. Literal dreams. You will be blown away by his tape. Okay. Uh he did suffer a torn ligament in his ankle in 2015, so he only played in two games. One of those games is up on draft breakdown. It's just as impressive. Um, I mean, this guy blew me away. And he's projected to go in the sixth or seventh round of the draft, so he's underrated as hell. <clears throat> and I think because of his testing in the broad, vertical, and three cone, he sticks out to me as a, a good athlete. And then just watching his film, I was just like, I, I couldn't... I. I wanted to rewatch it before I went to bed because I was just having such okay. a good time. Okay. I'm serious. Go watch go watch the tape. Also, one other quick thing, Evan Silva wrote about him in his uh, a piece on Roto World called uh, Risers and Fallers for Dynasty. Um, he said, go get Aaron Jones on your Dynasty roster. Uh, he offers plus versatility and vision, which show up on his 2016 tape. Uh, he... Uh, he makes for an ideal fourth round flyer in dynasty league. So if he's around late and you're doing a dynasty rookie draft, this is one of those guys you want to target. And I have him at the top of my list today for our third tier here because of his athletic testing at the combine. Okay. Seriously, go watch his tape. It's All right. ridiculous. I, I'm in, I'm in on this. I, I like what, I like what you're telling me. Um, let me give my case for my next wide receiver. Who you got, bro. And this is a, this is a controversial player. But it's Ismael Zamora out of Baylor. Um, if you watch our YouTube videos, we talked about him as, the, as a top five rookie player. Or we, did we not post that one? We didn't post that one. Oh, well, we didn't post that one. But you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, it's the Fantasy Hipsters YouTube channel. Go check it out. Yeah, where you can see us be idiots as well as hear us be idiots right. like you're doing right now. Right. Uh, but anyway, so Ismael Zamora. Listen, let's get it right out of the way. 
uh, the off-field concerns. As two dog guys, I mean, we got our dogs with us right now. Br- Bruno under the table here or something. Charlie's over there in his little bed. Yeah. Ishmael Zamora's big thing is he was caught on video abusing his dog. That's terrible. It's awful. If you watch the video, it really is. It's it's hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching it and then being like, all right, where's Charlie? I need to just like show yeah. him some affection. Yeah. Um, now... The, for, for, the question for NFL teams is going to be, is this a pattern of repeated behavior uh, or is he just like a young idiot and made a mistake or something? You know, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But when you look at him play, he's an absolute freak. I mean, you see his, uh, you see his, his pro day results were outrageous. Ran in the four fours at six uh, three over two hundred ten pounds. Mm-hmm. He is really, I mean, of all the players that we've talked about uh, on this rookie board, uh, outside of like a guy like Corey Davis, um, he really is the prototypical big outside X receiver. If there's a upside guy in the draft that you can take on the third day, um, that eventually grows into be a high end starter, it's this player. Um, you look at his reception perceptions results, he drops some passes, no doubt about it. He's not like the most experienced player, you know, especially coming from the Baylor offense where uh, they just run a few routes and he only plays on one side of the field. However, contested catch rate of 80%, that's a top five score for me. He can definitely go up and win the ball in the air. He has vertical ability. He has the... He, I mean, he can win on off the line of scrimmage for sure because he's big, powerful, and knows how to use his body. Um, so, to me, I think he's worth he's worth the risk on the third on the third day of the NFL draft. Much like a player like Martavis Bryant, right? You know, Bryant came out of school with work ethic concerns. Obviously, he's been in trouble since he's been into the league. Right. Um, people will have to decide if, if Zamora is worth that risk. I think he is. He's a player that I think has a lot of upside. So, I think he's a, the receiver I would want to put on the board next. Okay, athletically, so he's like, uh, how did he test? Like, I mean, he's, stuff other than the forty. He he's a freak show. I mean, his vertical was impressive. I can pull up the exact numbers right now, but I mean, it was he like you just again you look at him play and you can see him just run by people. You can see him go up and pluck the ball in the air. Um, he's a he's a he's a freak show. Uh, 40, his vertical was 40 inches. And again, he's 6'3", 224 pounds. God. And uh, was between a 4'4 and a 4'5. Uh, just overall, really impressive. Um, he's definitely somebody that has, you know, he, he was charged with a Class C misdemeanor uh, for the incident. He paid a fine. Um, and he served 40 hours of uh, community service. So, I mean, he said he's disappointed. Um, he said it's something that he's learned from. Um, he's going to roll with it and stay focused. But, you know... I don't know. So, again, the character things are, are something that NFL teams will have to uh, decide about. But in terms of athletic upside, in terms of, you know, just what he can do on the field, he's definitely somebody that, that is worth plucking uh, from this group. All right. Well, we got a decision to make here, man. I think because of the off-field risks, we put your guy ahead of uh, of Zamora, and we have Aaron Jones at 25 and Zamora at 26. Okay. Hey, I'm cool with that. Get my guy in there. Cool. I'm close to calling Aaron Jones one of my guys. I love it. That's good. I, I might have to give it a day or two and let this simmer, but let it marinate. Let it marinate God. a little. I'm in. I'm in. Seriously, on it. go watch his tape. Go to DraftBreakdown.com and watch that game against Texas from uh, 2016. Cool, man. Well, Aaron Jones at 25, and uh, Z- how do you spell Zamora? Z a m o r a. Zamora. What a name at too. 26. Yeah, that's a cool name. Okay. Ishmael Zamora. Now, do you know if uh, NFL teams have said anything about Zamora? Like, oh, he's not on our board because of these issues, or I. It's not as public as the Joe Mixon thing. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's the like he's. It's fascinating that it hasn't been a more discussed uh, quandary because, like I said, he ha- he definitely has the upside of a high end starter. He's not as further like developed as Mixon is as a player. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, and the off-field incidents aren't the same. But I think the, the problem is for a lot of like, I don't think this is the right thing to do. But I think what a lot of NFL teams do is they just group everything together as character concerns and yeah. don't take things with the nuanced perspective that they need to. But yeah. you know, I, so there's not a lot of rumblings out about it to answer your question. All right, well, that's good for his draft stock. So next on my receiver list is a player that a lot a lot of other people really like. Uh, but to me, he's just a solid, you know, day three player in this draft, and that's Cooper Cup out of Eastern Washington. Okay. You know, a lot of people like our, our colleague Daniel Jeremiah I think he sees a second day pick. 
Um, to me, he's a big slot receiver. You know, he's got great hands. He's got the best hands in the class. To me, in reception perception, he had the best catch rate. He had a really good contested catch conversion rate of 81%. Um, I think he's going to be a really solid role player in the NFL, but I don't think he has high-end starter upside. I mean, he played from the slot in college and, and produced some big numbers, but, you know, was not a player that, like, his success rate versus man coverage was 59%. That's quite poor. Um, did not have a good success rate versus press coverage, but was solid beating zones. And I think, again, that's the type of player he's going to be, maybe a, a poor man's Jordan Matthews um, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a Jar- like a poor man's Jarvis Landry. Okay, that's a little more inspiring. See, I don't even think that there's that big of a difference between Jordan Matthews and Jarvis Landry as players. Um, wow. I just think there's one, like one Whoa. is in a much more advantageous situation. But isn't Jarvis Landry much better after the catch? I mean, kinda, yeah. He just he jigs he was, and drives and he was jukes. much. This I will say for Jarvis Landry, he was much better after the catch this year than in in prior years. This that was definitely something where he's improved. I mean, his yards per reception, and I think it shows, uh, has improved each three each of the three years in the NFL. Okay, so I, I think Cooper Cup is the next guy. Like I said, I'm not all that high on him as as much as some others are, but he's a solid player that I think. Um, I, th- I think he can be a, a good NFL role player. He ran like a slug in the 40. Four six, yeah. I mean, he's not a he is not a speed guy. He's slow. Well, you know, there's advantages to that. There's advantages to being slow. What are the advantages to being slow? Uh, to deceive the defense. I like it. Yeah, good <laughs> good way to sell that. Who's your next running back? Uh, my next running back. I wish I watched him earlier because he might be higher on our big board, and I. I don't want to say I overlooked him. He was just lower on my list for some reason because I was going by some of the draft projections on CBS. But my next guy is Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. I like this. I was going to say, I know a lot of people really like Kareem Hunt. I like what I've seen out of him. I know he had a good week at the Senior Bowl. Um, I was wondering why you hadn't uh, thrown him up earlier on the list. But, you know, we're not questioning each other's player position rankings here. Well, you just did. Anyway, but not officially. Anyway, look, Kareem, Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. He's 5'10, 216. He ran a 4.6240, which is not fast. Uh, but he had 262 carries and 41 receptions last year. So he's another one of these dual threat guys who can run and catch. And his biggest strength to me on tape was his balance. Like he almost never went down on first contact. He's always rolling off of guys, spinning around, breaking through arm tackles. Uh, definitely not afraid of contact. Uh, his measurables are kind of mediocre, but he is elusive. Uh, his his comps his comp on player profile was Isaiah Crowell, so that gives you an idea of Ooh. like his athletic testing. Um, but I think his dual threat ability, compared uh, coupled with his balance and his size, he's got good size. He's five ten two sixteen. I think. Uh, just all that stuff combined makes me – he's next on my list of running backs. So he's not a super athlete, but I think he has a good skill set to be a three-down back in the NFL. My guy, Emery Hunt, uh, who's one of the best draft analysts out there, yep. uh, football game plan at FB game plan, yep. uh, F-ball game plan on Twitter, excuse me. Uh, he's one of the best draft analysts out there. He's actually a former college running back, and he likes Kareem Hunt. And I, if, if Emery puts a stamp of approval on a running back – I'm in on it too, so I, I say throw him up on our board next. Over Cooper Cup? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Throw him in over Cup. All right. Screw you, Cooper Cup. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. I, don't, I hope Cooper Cup's not listening to this podcast. He probably is not. So we're at an interesting spot next in our, in our big board here because there's a receiver that I really like. Um, Actually, and I might honestly like him better than I like Cooper Cup, but we'll we'll get to that next. Um, a Interesting. Play, a player that a couple of tight ends though I think deserve our consideration here. One is Gerald Everett out of South Alabama. You know he's a, he's definitely somebody that I think can be really good in the NFL. But another guy that's really fascinating too is this guy, this this player Janu Smith out of Florida International. He's really intriguing. He measured in at 6'3", 248 pounds at the NFL Scouting Combine. Ran a 4'6'2", which is the 82nd percentile for uh, per mock draftable. Uh, vertical jump, the 30, 38 inches, that's a 93rd percentile. Broad jump, 127 inches, Whoa. that's the 95th percentile. Damn. This guy looks like someone that could be, you know, along with a player like Bucky Hodges, who we talked about earlier, could become that like big slot sort of tight end. And... 
get him the ball. I, he's got some interesting comparables too. When you look at the mock draftable comparable list, D- Dustin Keller. You know, he was he didn't have a great NFL career. Ended with injuries, but yeah, he, he was he was a first round pick. Uh, Dallas Clark, remember him? Of course, Peyton Manning. I mean, he's got some interesting comparables here. Lance Kendricks too, but we can just gloss over that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. He's somebody that definitely deserves our uh, consideration. And Gerald Everett, who I talked about earlier at South Alabama, he tested really similarly. Um, he's another one of these player comparables too. 82nd percentile, 40-yard dash for him. Vertical jump, 90th percentile, 95th percentile broad jump. A couple of freak tight ends that I think we we should be considering here somewhere between our running backs and wide receivers. So. Yeah, I'm kind of out a point in my running backs list where the athletics of these tight ends you're talking about are kind of winning me over versus the guys I have left. Okay. Well, let me talk about my next wide receiver okay. then, and sure. I'll try to sell it you on him and we'll see if you think some of these freak show tight ends uh, one of your running backs or this guy should be next on our on our list. And this is really the last of the guys that I actually really kind of like. The rest are kind of um, maybe one more guy and then they're just kind of a bunch of jags to me. <laughs> um, Ryan Switzer out of UNC. Little slot receiver, under 5'10", under 190 pounds. But look, this guy is good. Me too. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the poor man's Matt Franciscovich, for, for, for sure. <laughs> so you look at his reception perception, and uh, it, it's, it's impressive. 71.1% success rate versus uh, man coverage. You know, of course, he's not facing man as much as he is zone, being a slot receiver and all. However... 81.2% success rate versus zone coverage. Another really good score. The great thing about him is I, th- I feel like he's a slot receiver more in the Jamison Crowder, Doug Baldwin role in that he wins on the intermediate routes as well as, you know, those little slants and, and, and flat routes and whatever. So, you know, I, you think about Jamison Crowder, like, he was another player that people came in, me included, actually, because I'm an idiot. Um, didn't like him all that much or whatever. Didn't think he was going to be much, you know, dynasty drafts. Because of his size? Right. Or, yeah. Size and yeah. just... Overall, just like kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. But he found a, a really good home in Washington in a high-volume passing offense. And like now he's got a guy that's probably going to catch like 60 to 70 passes at a minimum every year in his career. Right. And I think this year he could even push like 90 catches. And I think Switzer could be that same exact kind of player. You know, that he's just these guys just always get discounted. I wrote about this at receptionperception.com with the fantasy footballers. Just This archetype of receiver just gets discounted every year but comes in and has a long productive NFL career um, and I think Switzer could be that guy it's kind of like a loophole in uh, drafting wideouts in fantasy yeah. everyone wants those big elite red zone options and then you got guys like uh, Jameson Crowder and they're getting you 80 catches a year and that's super valuable in a PPR league right if you can spot so, those guys before they happen yeah it's, right it's huge and I think Switzer could easily be that guy we're talking about in 2019 as as you know that that year's Jameson Crowder cool so what do you think Switzer, one of your running backs, or one of these freak show tight ends? You know, I feel like we haven't done a, a tight end in a while. Maybe we throw one of these tight ends in there, get Switzer in there, and then I'll do my next running back. All right, so let's throw let's throw Janu Smith Okay. and then Gerald Everett. Let's throw those two guys. Oh, both of them. Yeah, let's throw them in right there. And then Ryan Switzer. No, you know, no, no, no. Let's do Johnny Smith, Ryan Switzer, then Gerald Everett. I like Ryan Switzer. He needs some credit. Okay. And then who's the third guy? And uh, the third guy is Gerald Everett out of South Alabama. So we got those two athletic tight ends. Man. Is there any running back you want to try and sell me on? All right. I've got uh, one more receiver. I, I, I you know, I kind of like before I get, to, like I said, it just gets to this, this group of Jags. Yeah, I think I think the next guy I want to talk about is James Conner out of Pitt. Everyone knows about him because of his struggles with health. Uh, he had cancer, right? And came back like he missed. I think he missed the entire 2015 season, and he came back. You are correct. Uh, he this kid can play, man. He's six one, two thirty three, so he's a big, bruising, punishing type back. His comps on both player profile and mock draftable are Jeremy Hill. Okay. So athletically, that's where he's at. I, on tape, see him as, you know how last season they said Kristen Michael looked like he was shot out of a cannon? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how James Conner runs. Oh, we know you like Kristen Michael well, last I'm year. Not, look, I'm not saying they're the same guy. I'm just okay. saying the way he hits the hole and sure. just kind of flings his body into people and just, like, real quick, like, boom. 
you, shot out of a cannon. Let's do it. All right, I dig uh, it. He ran a four six five forty. Uh, he's a short short yardage specialist. He'll probably be an early two down back. Uh, not an ideal outside runner. He can catch. Uh, he's projected to go in the fourth or fifth round. Um, but, you know, athletically, he's not really up there, which is why I want to put him at the bottom of these four or five guys we're talking about here. So I'm going to put James Conner at 32 unless you have someone else you want to sell me on. No, I like it. We could. So you, the way you're describing James Conner, he could easily be a player. You know, we talked about Alfred Morris with uh, with Washington and yep. Shanahan earlier. He, you know, he can obviously you say this guy, James Conner, can catch. And I, I've seen him play a little bit, too. And I, I definitely think he has some better hands than Morris, which isn't saying much. But right. nevertheless, you know, maybe he's a guy that the 49ers take on the on the third day and he's starting over Carlos Hyde by week five. You know, like, something like Hot that. Hot take. Well, I don't know about that, but I'm just saying he sounds like a, you know, a sleeper running back to keep keep your eye on and, and definitely you got to root for the kid after uh, everything that happened with cancer and story is amazing pretty cool stuff um, i mean i think some nfl teams are you know w- weary of that because maybe these health issues sure. return but for now i mean he's overcome it and it's a great story and he's a good running back all right i, I dig it okay so my my last receiver i really feel like compelled to highlight with a sigh. Well, it's it's our Darius, it's our Darius Stewart, and a lot of people really like Stewart. Um, you know, Roto World's Josh Norris, Matt Waldman. Um, I've seen other people really talk him up. You know, I, I'm like kind of lukewarm on him. Okay, I, I, I am. I, I, but I see him as definitely a pretty decent little role player. You know, you, again, talk about reception perception. Uh, he had an under, a below class average, below prospect average success rate versus man coverage and press coverage. Not great on contested catches, but pretty good at beating uh, zone coverage above the uh, prospect average there. Um, was also really good after the catch. Okay. So I could see him certainly being um, maybe a poor man's Golden Tate type of player. Think about him in, in that respect. Well, I mean, that's not bad. We're all about the poor man's thing today. Well, I mean, these are guys it's, that are going to... It's the third tier of our big board. Right, this, so is the third, all... this is the third tier of the big board. This, yeah. is, this is guys that are going to go on the third day, and like hopefully they grow into role players. So right. I, I don't know. I see... Um, I see our Darius Stewart in the, in that mold, but t- certainly a player that I think if he goes to the right spot could uh, could carve out a decent NFL career. But it, it it does appear that other analysts are higher on him th- than me. Wasn't Golden Tate a running back in college? He played or at high school. I might have been high school, but yeah, definitely by the time he was coming into the league, he was established as a wide receiver. So I think I think our Darius Stewart's the next guy on our cool. list. Um, what, what are we at now? What number wise? What are we at? This Stewart will be thirty three. How deep do we want to go? Well, how many how many players have we filled in today? Can you count? I can't count. Uh, uh, nine, eight, eight. We right, started so at twenty five with Aaron Jones, and now we're so let's do four more to, to get to twelve. All right, deal. All right, so my next running back. Yeah. That I want to talk about. Throw it at me. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a buzzword here. Okay. He's a water bug running back. Oh God, you're not about to talk about Donnell Pumphrey, are you? I am, dude. He's 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 actually as big as you. I know. He's probably weighs 20 pounds more than I do. All right. We'll he's just... five eight, one seventy six. But l- listen, hear me out. He had an, a ridiculous workload for a small guy. 349 rush attempts, over 2100 rushing yards, and 27 receptions in 2016. He was San Diego State's workhorse. He, I talked about the college dominator uh, metric from player profile, player profiler earlier about Aaron Jones. Danell Pumphreys is even higher. Um, he ran a 4.4840, which puts him in the 74th percentile per mock draftable. Now that sounds fast, and he's a little guy, so he should be fast. But to put that in perspective, Dalvin Cook ran a 4.4.9. <laughs> yeah, well and he weighs maybe like 40 or 50 pounds more right, right. than this kid. So, you know, people have compared him to Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles weighs like 20 pounds more than right, he does. And right. Darren Sproles is super small. Uh, per mock draftable, Danell Pumphrey is the fourth lightest running back since the 1999 draft class in the mock da- uh, draftable database. So that just tells you how small this guy really is. When I say water bug, I mean it. Mm. But he's electric. His film was super entertaining. It's just a matter of where what 
where's he going to fit? He's going to be a special teams return guy probably in the NFL. Like he's not, his body's not going to be able to take a take that kind of bruising in the NFL. So I put him on here because he's athletic. He's got the speed. Uh, you know, he's got good feet, good lateral movement, uh, and he can just blow past guys running around the outside. But so you're really uh, trying to sell me on? Yeah, you're really you're really selling me on. This. I'm trying to sell him. Over the next two guys I've listed because they're not inspiring, and at least Pumphrey's tape inspired me a little bit and made me want to watch more and just watch him work. I'm not sold. Okay. I'm not sold. Uh, all right. He's so, just too small. I get it. Yeah, definitely too small. Yeah. All right, so the, I, I want to talk about the next receiver on my list. And maybe, sure. Maybe we, maybe we like this guy more. I don't know. To me, it's like... I mean, Donnell Pumphrey, like, yeah, he held all those records in college, but there's, like, a guy like Tariq Cohen who's another small player that's super explosive. Um, I, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, next receiver I, I'd talk about is Chad Hansen from Cal, another player that people really like. Um, you know, he, but in his reception perception sample, he took 97.5% of his snaps from right wide receiver. That is a big, you know, kind of a – a potential red flag for wide receivers that I've been looking at. If mm-hmm. you followed my work this off season, you know guys like Laquan Treadwell, Kevin White, Doyle Green Beckham. These guys that have not, you know, shown well early in the NFL. Maybe they have a steeper learning curve because of this collegiate, you know, limited collegiate assignment that they held um, before they entered the program. Because I mean, it's unusual to even see a pro prospect or a pro player take sixty percent of his snaps at one side of the field. So. No, I'm not selling Chad Hansen well right now, but he definitely is a legitimate vertical threat. I think he can get open underneath a little bit here and there. So he's somebody that I think you could take on the third day, maybe develop into a number four receiver that is, uh, that is, you know, a bit more explosive. So I don't know. He'd be the next receiver I'd put on there along with guys like Josh Malone, who's a similar player out of Tennessee, who is an explosive downfield threat, definitely has vertical game, not a consistent separator, does do well against zone coverage, uh, so I think he's somebody that could, again, like I said, develop a little bit, but those are the two guys next on my receiver list. It's getting kind of hard to sell these guys. Yeah, no, I mean, this is not going this well. Is, no. <laughs> uh, you want to go, let's just go with Chad Hansen at 34. Okay. Let's go with Chad Hansen. Um, and then uh, then I think I think we could put Pumphrey in after that. I'm okay with that. Uh, the next backs on my list are Wayne Gallman out of Clemson and uh, Brian Hill out of Wyoming, and neither of them like they're on they're high on a lot of boards, but neither of them inspired me. Wayne Gallman's not going on our list. I'm going to put that in right wow. now. Okay, so you kind of agree with me? That is like he's like the poor man's David Cobb. Jeez! <laughs> oh my God! But this is the same. Not even in the league anymore. I Look, think. the thing about like it's it's this constant affinity with I think with some draft analysts for these big backs that run to contact that play at big programs. I, I was gonna say like about. Clemson's been in the running the last two years. He's gotten a lot of airtime. Like right. you think that goes into yeah, how these guys are valued. Piss poor athlete when he goes and tests at the combine. Dude, There's nothing t- there. It d- does not stand out athletically. Uh, he dan- like I saw a lot of dancing at the line of scrimmage. I mean, his player profiler comp was Mike James. Like yeah. uh, he's got decent lateral movement. Uh, Pro Football Focus compared Wayne Gallman to James Starks because of the lateral movement. He's a good zone gap runner. He doesn't power through contact. Like I was just like, man, why is he like projected in like the fourth round over right. some of these other guys? And I just don't see it. Okay, I got, I got a. So Gallman's get going off my yeah, list. Gallman's not, he's not going on our board. I got a guy I want to talk about. All right, sure. Um, this Katie Cannon from Baylor. He's the other Baylor receiver. We talked about Ishmael Zamora already. He's definitely the higher upside player. Katie Cannon's got some vertical ability. You know, again, same sort of situation with Zamora. Not an experienced player in terms of running pro concepts. However, like I said, I think he's got some bursts. I think he can get downfield. He's somebody that, that you keep your eye on on the third day. I mean, I'm not like. Not too much to sell there, but definitely somebody that's interesting. I think he should be on our list. Okay. Well, say his name one more time. KD, literally K and D, Cannon. Cool Cannon, name. like, you know, the one of them weapons. Cool name. Yeah, definitely cool little name. Now, my next running back is Brian Hill. Um, I've seen him. Uh, Matt Waldman, I think, had him in his top ten. Uh, you know, he, he's not a great athlete. He's a bigger back. I think he's six, one, 
61219. Uh, player profile comp is Jordan Howard, so that's a positive. He's an excellent pass blocker. He had 4540 speed. Uh, good acceleration for a big back, which makes sense. He, had, he tested well in the 60 yard shuttle, which was 85th percentile. Um, he has kind of unsure hands as a pass catcher, but I think the draw with him is that he has the potential to be a, a power back if he gets his upper body technique right. But I fell asleep watching his tape. Interesting. It's just uninspiring for me. So he's he's the end of my list. Like him, Brian Hill and Wayne Gallman were the end of my list. So okay, well, I'm he, not trying to fight to get Brian Hill on here, but I just wanted to talk about him real quick. All right, well, falling asleep while watching this tape does not really uh, inspire much confidence. Yeah. So here's, here's a player I think we should consider putting on. He's a wide receiver, but he's not somebody that lo- I've looked at in reception perception. It's Robert Davis out of, out of uh, where's his school? Uh, it's like Georgia State. Yeah, Georgia State. Good old, hey, you know, I, that's, a, that's a good old little small school there. But So he went out and he tested, I believe, the best, best uh, spark score among rookies wide receivers at the NFL Scouting Combine. 6'3", right. 219 pounds, 4'4", in the 40-yard dash, 41-inch vertical, 136 inches in the broad jump. That's the 98th percentile. And 69th, percent, 69th percentile for three-cone. Benched, he's big, like I said. I think he's somebody that you know. Look, you all these look these big school receivers like yeah. you know Malachi Dupree and like I said Josh Malone and Amara Darbo. Like all those guys are going to get drafted over a player like Robert Davis. But Davis is actually a player who has some athletic upside. You look at some of his comparables on mock draftable: Chris Conley, Dante Moncrief. Um, you know, Andre Johnson, some interesting comparables there. Of course, there's also guys like Sammy Coates and, uh, yeah, but Sammy Coates is an athlete. He just doesn't have hands. Right. So I think, I think Robert Davis and Josh Malone are two receivers that I think should at least be on there. I pulled up Davis's mock draftable web and just like jumped out of my chair. It's pretty outrageous. So let's put him on the list. All right, cool. So what's not, what number is that? Uh, that is 37. So he started at 25. So we did 12 today and I think. I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. Good with me. That's wrapping it up. Cool. All right, well, that's the end of our Hipsters Rookie Big Board. If you want to see the results, you can go on Twitter. Check them out there. I've also been posting them on Instagram. Um, We should probably think about starting an Instagram account for the show. Sure. Let's think about that. All right. But anyways, so that's our Rookie Big Board. So we're going to take a quick break here, and then when we come back on the other side, we will do our music and beer section of the week. Boom. All right, everybody, we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, For the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, You can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchampsgroming.co. That's duchampsgrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, Duchamps Grooming Co., and on Twitter at Duchamps Groom Co. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We're going to get to my music pick of the week. Uh, in a second here, but first we got to talk about our segment sponsor, Flag and Anthem is a men's clothing line. You can go to their shop at flagandanthem.com. They are on Twitter at flagandanthemco. They need more Twitter followers. Please go support them on social media, Instagram too. Uh, look, Flag and Anthem, you're not trying to play it so safe that you're content just to fit in. You don't want to wear the same uniform as any, everyone else, but on the other hand, you don't want to look like you're trying so hard that you push the fashion envelope right off the table. Flag and Anthem is subtle, smart, well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work, but also knows how to unwind and have a good time, and who doesn't like to have a good time? 
We're both wearing flag and anthem shirts right now, and we're oh, yeah. both having good times. Well, I'm having an okay time. Well, that's you know that's up to you. Okay, well, I'm just uh, saying. But flag and anthem, we are rewarding our podcast listeners with an insane 25% off promo code. Just enter fantasy hipsters one word upon checkout on your first order. You'll get that 25% off. Go follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Flag and Anthem CO. Support those who support the Fantasy Hipsters. Means a lot to us guys. And uh, the clothes, the clothes are awesome. They have awesome prints for their shirts. They have some plain colors. They have shorts coming in for the summer. So oh, yeah, go- got a new arrival section with a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I was checking them out the other day, looking at some jeans. You know, listen, Daddy needs a new pair of jeans. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird. That's not weird if you. It's only weird if you make it weird. <laughs> anyway, go go up update your closet for summer with twenty five percent off. Flag and anthem. Use promo code Fantasy Hipsters. Let's get to the music pick of the week. All right, tell me who's your music pick of the week. Let me tell you, you've been killing it lately. You had uh, Glass Animals last week. Uh, you know I'm into the Glass Animals, so you better. Oh, be, I know. I, I, you look, set the standard high, so let's let's see what you got this week. Look, I have a couple. Okay, first, let, before I get to my music pick, I have a couple things I want to just get off my chest here. I need to clear the air. All right. Last week in the mailbag section, we talked about the Grammys from a, a listener question, and I was wrong. Yeah, you got called out. I got called out. I got corrected. Uh, I think it was by Ari on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he's, really, I, he's trying to assert his authority as the he, real... He's a music guy, ...music too. guy that does fantasy, by the I way. Had, I did a hasty Google search for 2015 album year at the Grammys. I said it was Sam Smith. It was not Sam Smith. He did win four Grammys that year, but album of the year was actually Beck, which oh, shocked right. everyone. Uh, his album, more, I think it was... Um, I forget what the album was called, but it's, a, it's obviously a, it was a great album. It's an it's awesome album. It's all right. It's an awesome album. Go check it out. Beck is legendary. Beck uh, is legendary. He's, so, he's, he's made some, he has made some good music over the last few uh, years. Yeah. So I wanted to get that off my chest. Also, Coachella begins this weekend out here in Southern California. If you're going, have a blast. There's some cool bands there. Uh, I already talked about the Avalanches on this podcast. They're performing. Empire of the Sun is another one who, if, you, if you've never seen live, their show is weird and good. Uh, so go check them out. All right. Coachella's lame. I'm just going to say it. That's fine. Music festivals in general. It not can be it. lame. I, I love music. I love being outside in the wilderness mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, being in touch with, you know, spirits and all that and all that sort of mindfulness. Sure. But I don't want to do that with other sweaty, drugged up idiots well, they're all, you know, In the desert, out. 100 degrees. Yeah. Nothing about that sounds appealing to me. Yes, I love some of the aspects of it individually, but when you bring it all together, again, with cramped in with all these people that I don't want to be cramped in with, I'm out. I hear you, man. I just needed to say that. That's fine. All right, you, come on. Get, let's get to your music pick. All right, the music pick of the week. Actually, headlining Coachella, it's, it's Lady Gaga. No, that's a joke. That's not real. <laughs> Never heard of her. It is a female artist. Her name is Maggie Rogers. Okay. She has an awesome story of how she got discovered. Uh, a little bit about her background first. She started playing guitar, harp, and banjo at a very young age and covered uh, her, her main genre is folk. So she was covering artists like Bob Dylan and Grateful Dead growing up. Um, and then she traveled to France to study. And she said, according to her, she had a spiritual experience in France with electronic music. So then she comes back to the U.S., and uh, starts making her own music, and it's a combination of folk and electronic music. And just you have to listen to her songs uh, to get the idea of what that sounds like together. But it's a very unique combination of genres. Now, the way she got discovered, she was a student at NYU's Clive Davis Institute, um, and they do this thing called Masterclass. This was last spring, and Pharrell, who everyone knows, creative genius. Uh, was the guest in this master class and it was maybe five students and this girl Maggie Rogers is one of them and they were sitting in a studio and each student kind of sits up next to Pharrell he gets to know them a little bit this whole YouTube video is online so just google Maggie Rogers Pharrell Pharrell is a uh, is a Virginia native that's awesome yeah so you know I like that Uh, yeah that's I mean Pharrell's amazing Uh, I mean, you know, you see him on The Voice. He's just incredible. He's a great producer, great musician. But anyway, so these students sit next to Pharrell. They play the songs that they've been working on in school. And then he critiques them and gives them feedback. Hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do that. Like, I like this. I didn't like that. And 
She plays her song for him. He makes all kinds of weird faces while the song is playing. Like he's like into it more than anyone could be into a song. And then it ends and he goes, I have nothing to say about that. That was amazing. Mm. He called her genre singular. Uh, couldn't compare it to anything that exists right now. Compared her to when Stevie Wonder first came out in terms of her unique uh, styles. And compared her to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups as original and unique. I mean, that I'm just... Uh, it's, it's, it's hyperbole, right? Yeah, but you had me until you compared it to something like peanut Your peanut butter, butter food takes are bad. That's not true. I, Reese's I don't, Peanut Butter Cups are delicious. I'm not sure if you know this, but if you look at my Twitter bio... Uh, it includes a newly donned title, writer and word speaker for NFL, about football for NFL.com, reception perception creator, certified tastemaker. I'm a certified tastemaker when I say goes. You're hijacking my music segment. I'm sorry, continue. I am. <laughs> so Pharrell was blown away by this Maggie Rogers song. It's called Alaska, and she wrote it after a trip in Alaska, and it's got all kinds of... Uh, references to being outdoors and it's really like woodsy and and that's what the theme main lyrical theme through her music is um, so this Pharrell thing jump-started her career now within the last year she's performed on uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, and her, she has an EP on Spotify I'll throw some songs on the fantasy hipsters playlist after this show after we're done recording her EP on Spotify is called Now the Light is Fading. Her voice is angelic and just the genre, the blending of folk and electronic music, like I said. It's like nothing else out there. You will fall in love with Maggie Rogers. She's just getting going in her career, so get on it while the hipsters are on it before she goes mainstream. Boom. That's the music pick of the week. I have heard the song Alaska by her now that I'm looking at, uh, Incredible. Looking at it. She's great. Uh, you know, I love folk. I love banjo. I love the harp. That's great. She's she can play so many instruments. She produces her own stuff, and All she's right. only like twenty two years old. So right, I have the feeling she has a long career ahead of her. I dig it. Well, you know what else I dig? What do you dig, dude? It's the sponsor of our beer segment today. Okay. It's Reality Sports Online. Listen, you got you guys know the deal. If you've been listening to the podcast, Reality Sports Online is the best place to play fantasy football. I said it. I said it. Look, we play there. You enjoy it, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. We're in a we're in a league together. Um, it's just a great platform overall. They give you more than you could ever possibly get at any other site. I mean, listen, they do a rookie draft. They do a free agency auction room. I'm serious. You guys can go on their site, realitysportsonline.com. Check out their free agent auction room. You can you can play around in there. It's it's incredible. Listen, it's awesome because most platforms you can't do like a separate rookie draft and a free agent auction at the same on the same site. Right. It, it has to it has to be combined. But here they like separate it for you. Yeah, this is it, it's fantastic. Right. And you can go in and do one of these mocks uh, in a in a in a free agency mock for free and test out the platform. I guarantee if you go and test it out, you play around, you will want to play on realitysportsonline.com. It essentially makes you a general manager. Uh, it's, it mimics that process more than any other place online does. You know, is actually started by two former front office people, so you know it's legit, it's a real thing. They have automatic con automated contracts, salary cap functionality, franchise tags. You can do so much with this. So here's the deal. Go test your general manager skills for free with a 14-day trial at realitysportsonline.com. If you like what you see after doing that, use the promo code HIPSTERS to receive a 10% off discount on your team or league today. We're serious. Totally endorsed by the Fantasy Hipsters. This place is a great place to play fantasy, so go check it out. High five. All right, so into my beer pick for the week. Let's do it. I'm excited about this. You know I talked about how we've been too much on the California beers or whatever. Oh, yeah. So we're going way out. Where? To Montana. Whoa. <laughs> That's like right up there, though. Yeah, it's right up there. Well, yeah. it's, okay, it's not way out, but I mean, like, you know, kind of a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Big Sky Brewing up there in Montana. Um, I, I've been to Montana. It's a beautiful place. I've never by, been by there. the way. I, I would, do want to go. I would love to go back. It is really, you know, you talk about getting away from society oh, and yeah. the wilderness. Definitely Montana. So they've got a beer called Moose Drool. <laughs> it's a brown ale. It's 5.1 ABV. So looking on their website, BigSkyBrew.com, it's an American brown ale. It's brewed with four different malts and hops. It's really, it, it tastes great. 
Um, this is this is my favorite part about their description. For one, they just straight up say this is the best American brown ale in the world. Wow. Period. It's light on the palate. It's got a rich mahogany color, <laughs> subtle coffee and cocoa notes, uh, balanced with pleasant bitterness. Now, this is a really good drinkable beer. Um, I got some in the fridge right now. I had a few watching uh, the premiere of Better Call Saul nice. the other night, um, which is really glad that's back. That is a badass show. Um, God, they just made like that. It's just so well done. Anyways, <laughs> back to the beer. Really drinkable beer. Your brown ale. I, I don't know about you. What do you, what do you? How do you feel about like brown and amber ales? What, what's what's your take? I dig them, but it's it's hard to drink like a bunch of them in well, one sitting. I mean, yeah, you're not gonna go slam back like eight of these things. Well, you know, you, you, it depends on the situation. I, yeah, of course, it depends on. the But situation. when you say coffee and cocoa notes, I'm I'm in I'm in with that. No, it tastes really good. Trust me. You we, you know what? Maybe we'll have a couple after the show. All right. Yeah. All right. But so anyway, Montana. So, so Montana, Big Sky Brewing, Moose Drool Brown Ale, really good one, totally endorsed by the Fantasy Hipsters. Go, check, go, go grab yourself some of those beers. I like the but name, Moose Drool. Anyways, so breaking news, that's the end of our show. Wow. Normally we do the mailbag here, but here's the surprise this week. We're not doing it <laughs> because this podcast is, wait for it, Going twice a week. Oh! So we're going to break the mailbag into a second episode all on its own. It will come into your feeds Friday morning. Um, so make sure you're emailing the show, fantasyhipsters at gmail.com, with your questions. And they can make it into one of our mailbag shows in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, so we decided this podcast was getting a little too long. Uh, and we want to come at you guys twice a week. Uh, we've, been get, we've been hearing the rumblings from the people. Uh, from the sheep out there, and they're ready to follow us <laughs> two times a week. We got to give the sheep what they want. Exactly. As wolves, we need to lead the sheep. Agreed. Before we eat them. Okay, that analogy just fell off there. But anyways, um, yeah. So we're going. Uh, we're going two times a week. Going to be doing the the mailbag. Uh, that'll hit your feeds Friday morning. So like I said, tweet at us at Matt Harmon underscore BYB at Matt Franchise. Yep. You can ask us questions on Twitter for the show. Use the hashtag, use the hashtag Fantasy Hipsters Pod, and we'll save it there so that we can get it on the show. Or like I said, hit up our email. But anyways, so that's cool. our show for this week. That's a wrap, man. We'll catch you guys on Friday with the mailbag edition. So does this call? Does this mean now we call this the flagship show? Uh, I like that. Right. I like that word. This is the flagship Wednesday show. Okay, deal. Cool. All right, well, listen. Hipsters out, then. Hipsters out. Peace. No, I'm just oh. setting it up. We can just start whenever, but... You scared me. <laughs> pretty unbelievable that it uh, took us this long to get this whole thing started, isn't it? Uh, yeah. We've literally been doing this for like two hours. I know. And we're just doing it the way we've done it before. Well, hey, you gotta try stuff out, see see what... Th- throw some mud at the wall and see what sticks. Is that really the expression? Yeah. Throw some mud at the wall? Yeah. Who's throwing mud at walls? Uh, people who are trying stuff. You're an idiot. One of my old professors who was a terrible person used to say that. Throws, throw some mud at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> and he would also say, you need to turn your cat around. And we'd be like, what are you talking about? And he would be like, well, if you're petting your cat the wrong way, you're going to ruffle its fur. You need to turn your cat around. Ah, uh, this is outrageous. Pet it the right way.